Hello, welcome to the Nintendo Bros Podcast. This is Pete. And this is Derek. And we are brothers and we talk about video games. Right, Derek? Right, Peter. <laughs> you know how it goes. Okay, <laughs> this is episode 41. 41 episodes. Nice. And that's since we started counting them. We even have ones prior to that that we did back in the Wii U days. Yeah, we've been doing this for a couple of years now, I guess, eh? It's crazy, eh? Every two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, this week we're going to be talking a lot about Bayonetta. Um, mostly Bayonetta 3, but we can kind of touch on the whole series. Um, Bayonetta 3, you know, came out recently for Switch. It's a big exclusive. Got 87 on Metacritic. I bought it. Uh, I actually bought uh, the digital and the uh, special edition just to spite the voice actor who tried to ruin the game. <laughs> um, but the, I gotta say the the Masquerade Trinity Edition, like I'm not gonna open it, but the the box I got is mint, and it was just like I'm just like oh wow, this is a really this is like a perfectly fresh box, and I'm, I just have it stored in my closet with my Metroid Dread uh, box. So is the um, so you did get the Metroid uh, Collector's Edition eventually, right? Yeah, I found it online, um, but it was uh, the box is not perfect. It's a little messed up right. in the corner, and I'm pissed about that, but. And the Trinity is just the it's just the third game though, right? It's not like the trilogy. No, it's just the third game, but they give you like a, a, a set that lets you hold all of them, and I think that it's for the first two. Uh, I don't know because I'm not opening it. Um, they also there's like an art book and all that kind of stuff, and the game itself. Um, it's a bunch of stuff. Nice. Um, I don't care that much. Like I'm not that deep of a lore fan. Um, but anyways, I mean, I love Bayonetta 3, but before we talk about that, uh, Derek, let's talk about the entire series. Um, as you might know, it started off on the Xbox 360 and PS3. Uh, tell me about your history with it. Like, do you remember when it came out on the PS3? Did you buy it then? I actually did not even know that game existed until you told me about it probably around the Wii U time. Like, I think I might have heard of it, but I didn't know what it was. I might have kind of thought it was a Devil May Cry clone if I checked it out briefly. It has like a, just, it got I, really good reviews. Like it got like high nines but, on most. But of I don't, I don't even think it was on my radar to check for those reviews. And you know, I didn't have a PS3 or an Xbox 360. And um, you know, I, I think I might have chalked it up to just being like you know a Japanese kind of zany game that, that had no interest for me. Mm-hmm. And then you told me how awesome it was on the Wii because I think you got it for the Wii U. Right, the first game for the. <clears throat> so what happened was it came out for the 360 PS3. Uh, they were in development on a second one, but I guess the first one didn't sell very well, and Sega was gonna basically stop the not publish it. And Nintendo, who had this new Wii U coming out and was desperate for kind of like you know a mature action games, uh, came in and saved the development. So they they brought it to the Wii U. They announced it. They announced it like the week or two before. Or, uh, a month or so before the Wii U came out. Like, it was, they announced it with just a trailer. And when it finally came out, they packaged it with Bayonetta 1. So there's a Bayonetta 1 disc mm. and a Bayonetta 2 disc. Years later, they released both of them for Switch. And then only this past year can you buy... But I think when you buy for Switch, it's digital. Like, when you buy physical sorts, you get the second one, but the first one's digital. Yeah, you I, can bu- now, I bought you them both can now buy them both you can now buy the both physical. You can now buy the just the first one physical again. So you can go buy the second one with a free code and then go buy the first one. So it's kind of redundant, but it's, you know, if you just want to play the first yeah. one or you want to collect all of them, uh, it's there, I guess. Yeah, but you didn't play the PS3 or 360. You, you bought it on the Wii U like I did, right? 
so I, I mean, I had a PS3, and I remember at the time, the PS3 version was apparently, like, notoriously bad. Like, it got way better reviews on the 360, it had 60 frames per second on 360, it had, like, a choppy 30 on PS3, and terrible load times. And apparently even had load times when you paused it to change your items. Um, that just weren't there on 360. So yeah, like that would I, be I would I hate those kind of things. So those are the kind of things that once I heard that and knew that the 360 version was better, I'm like, well, I'm just not going to play this. I'm going to skip. <laughs> um, <laughs> but my friend Mike, who was on the podcast, he actually uh, did play the first one. He had it for 360, I think, and he had me. Uh, he did have it for 360, and um, we played it. I remember playing it a little bit at his house, and he was really into it. And the combo system. Um, but when it was announced for Wii U and it was a Nintendo exclusive, like, you know, being a Nintendo fan, obviously now I'm a bandwagon fan of the series. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but the second one really did look cool. And I, I bought it because there wasn't a lot for Wii U. Uh, and it got really good reviews. And the second one became my favorite game ever. Not ever, sorry. One ever? Of my, on I'm my, sorry, yeah. sorry, it's on my top list of favorite <laughs> games ever. Um, so much hype, so much hyperbole. In the way you sorry, I just sometimes. said it wrong. It's it's on my list of uh, favorite games ever. Um, okay, my list of 150 games. So it's great. I love it. Um, but when did you get into it, Derek? So I think I think I got into it when um, you told me about it. I, I I don't. I think I got it quite a fair bit later than you because I remember you had already played both before I bought it. And I think you even told me, you said you should play the second one only. You're like, don't play the first one, just play the second one only because it's so much better than the yeah. first one. Yeah. And, and I decided to play the first one and then the second one back to back. And I think, honestly, that's why I don't love the second one as much as I probably should is because I think I, I got fatigued from the first one that by the time I got to the second one, I didn't appreciate the, the jump in quality and mm -hmm. all the, the quality of life improvements. So I was like, I was like already burnt out from Bayonetta that I was just kind of grinded out the second game as opposed to taking a break and going back into it. And it's funny. That's why like even now to this day, there are some games that are, you know, like there's sequels that I get both at the same time. Like for example, Neo, you know, I played Neo and I'm, I'm specifically not playing Neo 2 right now because of that, because same of the thing. Bayonetta experience I had. So, so wait, did you beat number two? You just... Did you so I, I, beat, I beat number two, but I just kind of burnt through it so quickly that, like, I don't think I, you know, I, I feel like if I had focused on Bayonetta 1 and just enjoyed Bayonetta 1, like, I feel like right now I have, at my age currently, I have a good pre appreciation for games. And I think if I took a break and played Bayonetta 2, I, I'd do a lot more of, like, trying to get Platinums and, you know, trying the different weapons and unlocking all the moves sets and, and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Where I think I, j I was literally just like, I'm going to burn through this whole game and get beat every level and then I'm done with it. Which yeah, is like, I mean, I find that yeah. Bayonetta is really the kind of game, at least my experience. So I beat number two first because I was so excited to like jump on the brand new game. And I um, I think I probably beat it twice on the Wii U and twice on Switch. And I usually do it on normal first and then go to hard. And then like, but Bayonetta is really one of those series where it doesn't start until you do one playthrough because then you have everything. Yeah, and I was, I was reading someone else said the same thing. It's like then you're playing with all the style that you want to play with and making m way more creative choices on your fighting. And like also you're just way more badass. You're kind of going for those end game goals. You're finding all the little secrets and hidden areas you didn't find before. Like that that's kind of what I love about Bayonetta. Um, but it's in, I, you know what's funny? I beat number two, loved it, then went to number one. And I felt like the quality drop, like in the art style and graphics, and especially the cutscenes, and everything just felt like kind of drab. 
I actually mm-hmm. never, I actually never beat number one. Um, admittedly, ever? Like, no, I got like probably two thirds, and I just kind of like got, I just didn't care. Um, so, so I'm probably going to go I'm a bigger Bayonetta and, fan. Well, I beat number three, so and I got yeah, but I beat one, number yeah. one. I beat the original. Okay, well, I have two thirds. Um, <laughs> but anyways, yeah, I, I was, ex- I got excited for Bayonetta three. I thought it was going to turn out poorly, and then. Um, I don't know, just like, even when they first showed it off, it didn't look incredible, and that's when we both guessed 85 on Metacritic. We were both just kind of like, yeah, Platinum Games. Um, but what they came back, like, what they came out with was so, like, it's kind of like they came back and surprised everyone, in my opinion, and said, no, we've been doing this awesome thing. Check it out. Uh, and it's it's awesome. Like, I, I, mm-hmm. love, I love this game. Um, I, uh, you didn't get it. You said 90 Metacritic or higher, and you'd buy it. No, I said non. Just don't don't throw me under the bus to our, our listeners. Okay. <laughs> I said ninety on ninety on Metacritic, and I'd buy it day one, just because I knew there's some games coming out that I wanted to play definitely day one. So I I am hundred percent getting Bayonetta three. I just might wait till Christmas or you know when I feel like there's a little bit of a lull in the games that I'm playing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for me, like I, I had already decided that I was going to get Call of Duty Modern Warfare two because I just had some friends that wanted to get mm-hmm. it, and I knew Ragnarok you know, God of War is coming around the corner. So I was like, man, I just won't have the, t- it's, it's honestly the time more yeah. than anything. So I was like, I, I, I want it, but unless it was mind blowing, like 90 plus, I said, I can wait, you know, a month or two when I have a bit of more free time. Well, you know, what's funny. It's like, it really is gaming season, right? Uh, right now. I mean, you get, like you said, Ragnarok just came out. Call of Duty just came out. And in a way, Bayonetta three is, is Nintendo's big triple A mature action exclusive you know it it is their god of war i don't think people are seeing it that way and i think like you're gonna see a lot of we'll we'll talk about the depth of bayonetta 3 in a sec but like i think you're gonna see a lot of bayonetta 3 versus god of war opinions on online you know um i don't but okay we'll see i just think it's it uh just anyways let's get into bayonetta 3 because i i've played i so i've now beaten the game I'm really excited to hear about it, and I, I'm excited to ask some questions because I'm really stoked for to play okay. it eventually. Okay, I, I took some notes here, by the way. So, and uh, I, 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 I labeled <laughs> the notes in three different areas. One's called graphics and sound, one's called gameplay, and one's called surprises. Okay, <laughs> I don't know why I did it that way. <laughs> that I just third took category a, so ridiculous. I just took a bunch for, of notes, and I'm like, you know what? I, I don't know how else to categorize these things into the I, sections. I just love that it's like. The first section is it's like oh this is the technical part of the game this is like the gameplay enjoyment part of the game and then surprise, surprises. <laughs> well okay so I've got to say when I first got Bayonetta I was playing at midnight. I played it. I played a good. I probably played the first two hours on my on handheld <clears throat> portably. Uh, mm-hmm. And I got to say I was a little bit down on it at first and I think a lot of people experienced that where when they first started playing they were just kind of like ah oh, you know because. Um, unlike Bayonetta 2 that has this like amazing opening level like an ama- an opening level that I played dozens of times because I just love it this one doesn't have that kind of level you know um, mm-hmm. it's a little weaker and actually gets better and better throughout the game so like it, the game just gets better and better and the more things you unlock and the more you start understanding the structure and everything and by the time you get to the end y- you it's you just love the game and then you play it again, and I think I think I'm seeing online, and my experience is like the more I play, the more I like it, and the more addicted I am to it. Like it's already like it's not like my most played Switch game, like Splatoon, but it's it's getting to my top 
top 12 of most played games on my Switch, which mm. is pretty high. Um, just, I'm just, it's one of those games you can just play endlessly. And the thing that I love about it, uh, and it's kind of what all character action games have, like Devil May Cry has this too, where it finds that nice balance between having its arcade roots and, you know, each fight having its score and having a rank and you can uh, rank online. And like, you can kind of think of it just in terms of those individual arcade bits, but yeah. in between the bits, there's actually like these story and a cutscene and uh, unlockables, RPG kind of trees, and um, you know lots of platforming and exploration. And the thing with Bayonetta three, uh, is, you know, no spoilers or anything, but um, the scope is huge, right? So when you first start playing, you're gonna you're gonna think, okay, the graphics like are kind of bad in some places. Like they look really primitive. Like 360 primitive. Like would have, you know, and, and if screenshots in certain areas would look awful to someone. Mm-hmm. But the thing you kind of realize over time, especially especially on your second playthrough, is that, like, okay, you're running down the city and everything's like kind of looking like crap, but on your second playthrough you have all these upgrades and you can like make all the, the cars like throw around and like so much of it's destructible. Like, pillars and everything's destructible. Every car and bus can be, like, blown around with the giant uh, kaiju fights. Or, it's called Demon um, demon Slave. Where you kind of, like, um, yeah, you can summon a giant demon. <clears throat> yeah, so, um, the graphics aren't amazing, but it's, like, the scope is so huge. So, I mean, it's almost like thinking of it in terms of, like, No Man's Sky versus an Uncharted. Like, obviously, No Man's Sky has not as good of detail, not as great of details. Or even GTA, you know, Grand Theft Auto is not going to have as great of details as a, uh, a Uncharted or or Last of Us or a, a Resident Evil even. Where, like, it's very focused on small areas. So that's mm-hmm. something to keep in mind on this game. Like, the first playthrough, you're not going to realize that um, everything around you is destructible. And you can climb those buildings and get on top of those buildings and, like, hunt for secrets. That you just, at this time in the game, do not have the power-ups to do. Mm. Um, so, yeah. The, so it's a kind of like... There's, on one hand, um, there's some levels that I will say are quite ugly. And I think the, uh, you know, reset era and the forums have been very hard on this game for gr- the graphics. And people calling it unplayable, I think, is ridiculous. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it, it, you know what it would be? If it was on the, the Xbox 360, it would have been probably considered, like, the best graphics ever in the most amazing Bayonetta sequel. Uh, it's just that now that we're on the PS5 and Xbox Series X generation, like, the standards have risen, and Switch just doesn't meet it, obviously. But it's not only that, but it's like, they then have tried to, like, redo the idea of, like, I had this entire new gameplay element where you can summon a giant. <laughs> so it's like, the scope of the areas, and you know, at one point it was rumored to be a, um open world game. Hmm. And especially on my second playthrough now, I'm starting to see the roots of that. I think that would be really cool, but, like, you're seeing... The levels are much bigger than, than you think. So, um, I guess that's one of my... getting. Like, you know, I'm past the graphics section now, but one of my surprises was, like, the level design's really good. And that's another thing I'm seeing online. People are saying, oh, the levels suck. And here's the thing, like, the, the levels, um, they're not designed... Like, if you walk through a little a room, it'll be pretty empty. Um, but, like, that room is, uh, one building and a whole bunch of buildings that you can jump on top of, and, like, it's, the scope is huge. Um, so, and, and actually, like, where they hide things and the, like, little bits of platforming and, like, climbing up a volcano and stuff, like, I really, I really like the level design. It's a nice mix of secrets and platforming, and, uh, they hide these, like, little animals in every stage, 
Uh, and the animals are hard to catch. Like the frog is hidden, but you hear it. The bird flies around and the cat like runs away. And like the first, the, you have no idea how to catch some of these the first time through, but the second time through you will, you know, cause you've learned and acquired all these crazy movesets. Yeah. Can I ask a, a question? <clears throat> sure. I don't know if I'm jumping to something you're going to talk about later, but the, as far as the movesets go, like these giant monsters, are the giant monsters tied to a weapon or are they something different that you select? Like, can I, like, let's say there's four different weapons. Are each one a different demon or does it, can I pick one of the weapons and one of the demons independently of each other? Okay. It's hard to explain. <clears throat> it's basically the second thing you said, but it is, it's bet it's the, it's the best version of it you can think. So each weapon is tied to a demon. So, mm -hmm. so forgetting about demon slave for a sec, where you summon a demon. Every weapon has its own demon, and as you're doing combos, uh, the demon move will, like, come out. Like, the if you're, you know what I mean? If you're using uh, the weapon that has a spider, like, on the end of your combo, a spider will, like, flip out and hit you and then disappear. You know what I mean? Like oh, they, cool. Okay. They're, com they're all combined to your uh, weapons. And then if you have that weapon equipped, and it also ties to your mobility skills. So, like, let's say when you're running with Bayonetta and you have the the yo-yos, which is a, the dopest weapon ever, uh, weapon attached, that's the spider. If you start running, you turn into a spider and run really fast. And then you, the spider can run up walls and walk on ceilings and stuff. So if you want to explore, usually I I'm, I'm almost always have the yo-yos out because I love them. But, like, it's great for exploration. But, but if, I like, have a, um... if I have the fan weapon out... Then all of a sudden, my my running, I'm not a spider anymore. I'm like a bird that flies, and you can fly. So there, every single every single weapon is tied to a mobility and to like within the combos little extras. Okay, two two questions from that then. Okay. So um, and by the way, that has nothing to do with Demon Slave. That's just the weapons I'm talking about. But That's, when when you do but when you do Demon Slave, does it summon the spider to fight with you? Yeah. Or is it a... T okay, okay. That's what I figured. So you can you can basically have the spider yo-yo weapon out, summon a giant demon uh, that's the spider, and then do a combo that summons the spider so there's two spiders on the screen. Cool. Okay, I got it. And the other question is, um, I I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, in Bayonetta 2 and 1, you selected a weapon and you used that weapon for the level. No. Is this one you can change Not, on the no. fly? I think in Bayonetta 1, you could change any time in the pause menu. In Bayonetta 2, you could set your... Um, actually, I don't... I don't you, have, you, have two, not, you have two I don't, sets. Yeah, you have two sets, but you, have, you you can switch on the fly in the level. Yeah. Um, but that's just weapon. Um, and, the, and, like, yeah, that's just the weapon. I'm just curious, in this game, like, can you switch between the yo-yo and the fan instantly, and then... Yes, so the, you, like, can, you can uh, have two sets. So you can pause it and set and equip two weapon sets, and then, like, the R1 button uh, will switch between them instantly. But you can still... So you can still always pause and switch. Like, let's say I want to climb a wall, and I don't have this, oh, yeah. the spider selected oh, yeah. that level. I can, just, I can just pause and switch to the spider. But I will say, so the, the game... The, I mean, I love this about the game. And I actually... I, I'm going to keep talking about how much I love the game probably more than you'll see other people talking about how much they love it. Um, <laughs> as you go through the game, it's not like Bayonetta 2 where you buy the, upgrade, buy the weapons and just kind of experiment at your own leisure. Uh, this game, they're given to you as, like, things in the level. So, for example, the spider um, will be tied, like, in the level where you get the spider, it's tied to, like, a whole sequence where you become the spider and use the spider. And in a lot of the levels where you get that weapon, there's platforming elements that are, like, using those items help you get it. 
You know what I mean? Does that make sense? But if I, if you went back to the spider level now, for example, it would force did... me to be the spider for that section. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It depends. Okay. It depends. Like if there's a set piece, sometimes it's like you're all it loads the after from the cutscene and you're already the the thing, right? Like that's there's some crazy set pieces where obviously you're already your dragon and you're already your you know the giant butterfly witch, right? Like because they're just those are set pieces, right? Mm-hmm. Like where you have there's a scene where like Gamora's fighting like Godzilla, another Gamora creature. Like there's no way you can change that. Or the spider sequence that you're, like, climbing along buildings that are flying and destroyed. Uh, all these sequences are awesome, by the way. But when you're just in, like, the freeform mode of the level, um, you can select whatever you want. Yeah, and, like, not, now that I'm replaying... The funny thing is, like, and not really a spoiler, but, like, by the end of the game, you've gotten, like, you know, the nine, the eight or eight or seven weapons. And then, like, at the very end of the game, in the post little post-game bits, like, you unlock, like, six more weapons and six more giants, uh, uh, demon slaves. Awesome. So like You have so much more. You're like, oh, my God. You're like, so that's how you fall into a second playthrough. You're just like, I, well, I have to try all these awesome new things. Like, I can't believe you just gave me all these things. And then you can buy the Bayonetta 1 and 2. Um, it comes as a, co- a weapon, and then you just control them. Like, you can literally only if, just... you, only if you have the Switch games on your Switch. Is that true? Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, that. you need that. You need to have the save file of Bayonetta one or two to, to be able oh, to play those. Yeah. Uses. yeah. Uh, and every weapon has a as a skill tree and everything. Like I gotta say, so, like uh, I, I was, was very, so you... very pleasantly surprised by the number of weapons and the number of the demon slave, uh, which are tied to weapons too. Like there's an equal number of weapons in demon slaves. I think it's fourteen so of it, each. Yeah. Is this is the skill tree tied to, um, like your points and how well you do or is there a currency like a shop it's like a shop because i know in the other games you bought weapons but this one you're saying there's skills for each weapon like is it like a tree like oh i got enough xp that i now can have a skill point or is it a uh, so just you like collect a currency. currency you collect a currency and then pay for okay, upgrades yeah. uh, anytime in the menu and then you have other currencies you get from like you know the challenges that when you're in rodin's shop uh you can buy like costume changes and stuff his, oh, his, cool. All the yeah. stuff you buy from him is more cosmetic, um, and all the upgrades are through just your pause upgrade tree. Got it. Uh, yeah, and like it's just cool because like there's a lot of weapons and upgrades. So like by the time like there's a huge bunch, like it's fun for me just like being. I almost I don't know how I've fallen into being a completionist on this one, but like I want to get the full skill tree of everything, and I'm doing my second playthrough on hard to get it, and I want to get as many platinums as I can. And I also uh, want to get the animals because I, I didn't mention if you get all three animals in a level, it opens up like a challenge uh, mode for each level. Um, cool. So, th- so th- you know, this all sums up my point of like, there's a, the end game is very good in this game. Like, you don't just beat it and be like, okay, that's it, I can restart on hard. It's like there's so much more to keep doing, hmm. and there's like a um, gauntlet you can do that has a special boss. Um, and just having replayed now half the game on hard, like, there's a I just missed so many of the challenges and secrets and little areas and it's like i just it's fun to look for it um when you yeah. played it the first time did you because i i sometimes have this feeling when i played like De- devil may cry games it's like when i play through it the first time i feel like i'm just locked out of so many things that i see like like do you know what i mean like you're like oh this this is a barrier i can't break so he's like you just have to keep walking like i find that a very unsatisfying feeling when you just like see things over and over and over again that like you know you can't get to on your first playthrough is that do you get that feeling from bayonetta um no not really because you get the spider pretty early and the spider is the main way to get like height areas 
Hmm. Um, having the bird just like makes it awesome, right? Because like you get to a high area, you fly, and like you cannot fly around and look for the secrets below, like a bar- like a bird. So like that's when you get later. Uh, and then just like riding around as a as a train, <laughs> or like riding around as a building or whatever, like or a ro- like a puppet floating around. Like they just look cool. So you can kind of choose and whatever you want, right? And there's one that's like a robot dog, and like there's so many. Um, that's cool. Each, each playthrough really feels different. Uh, but yeah, you know, replaying the first few levels, the I got so the first few levels are like in the city, like you're in New York and you're in um, Tokyo, and by far the ugliest areas of the game because they're trying to pull off like a full on city that can have full on, you know, at least Physics. attempting sixty frames a second attacks, you know. Yeah. With not it's and it's so much bigger than you can imagine. Like it's like you think it's big, and then all of a sudden you realize the spider can claw, crawl up the buildings and blow up all the windows, and then later you realize you can get up there. Um, so I, maybe it's only that first level where you, I really felt that way, where I was like, "Wow, I can really explore way further." And now mm-hmm. as I'm getting further, I'm in like the you know feudal Japan stage. I'm kind of you know. Um, just able to use it f- to help me find stuff. And it's like, the game is so ambitious, right? Like, you're going to France, you're going to Japan, and, and the thing is, like... Spoilers. You're, you're like, uh, well, so, so much more than that. Um, there's, like, huge wars in front of you, and um, they, too, they it's, there's a lot of, like... It's like, even though the graphics are weaker in areas, like, you look at the trees, and you're like, that tree looks disgusting. Then you realize you can blow up the tree and make it fly across the stage, and, like, rip to pieces. And you're like, okay, I get why that tree looked like crap. But there's weird other things like the um, like there's load screens where it like instantly loads you kind of like Ratchet and Clank into a new area and it's really cool and I'm really surprised they were able to pull that off and like hmm. weird areas where it's very polished like the cutscenes will will seamlessly go into the gameplay like in God of, like in another God of War kind yeah. of so it's yeah. like in the uh, UI is very like um, Persona not not as cool as Persona Five but it has a little bit of that like motion and design that's really slick. And good layouts. Yeah. Uh, so I just like all that visual stuff is really great. Um, so, like, I know there's like those demon versus kaiju kind of fights. Demon is there slayer, ever a moment? Called. Yeah, I, I know demon slaves, and I know, but I know you fight other big, and en- like you fight big enemies with those guys. Yep. But is there ever is there ever fights where like, you know, there's like sixty little minions, and you just have the demon slave that slave that just like swipes out all of them. Like, do you ever like? Is there ever a swarm? Or is it always kind of like Bayonetta two and one, where it's like you know at most you're fighting three guys? Um. Well, there's the smallest, smaller guys. But no, it's not. It doesn't really ever get to levels like um. Like it doesn't get to like Hyrule Warriors kind of like no like no. I, and I don't think it could handle that. But I mean, there, it gets crazy. Don't get me wrong. Like you're fighting like giant caterpillar monster bosses with five of those guys on the ground and yeah, they're cool. attacking you it's not like two or three it's it's a good like you know you get up to five or six guys usually they're big yeah i just um, think it'd be cool if eventually they got to the point where it's like you know what i mean like you're summoning this demon is like there's a hundred guys and just de- demolishes them that'd be cool yeah no it, it would be cool yeah there is a section of the game that's kind of like that where like they but i mean you can see the the cracks in the seams of the switch performance but like they try to pull off this battle sequence where real time there's like all these soldiers running around like like a uh, Hyrule Warriors but like it doesn't I don't know you'll see it's yeah yeah um yeah so I guess I guess I was just really surprised by like just how much depth the gameplay has uh and it really seems like Platinum kind of learned from I mean from Wonderful 101 and maybe even Scalebound which didn't come out but like just they you can see the direction they've been taking their action games is to like make it have this big up 
anime kaiju scale. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Wonderful 101 kind of achieved that, and now this game is, I feel like this game has really achieved it in a very, like, slick and, and well-done way. And it's like, it's just so, it's so much fun in every battle. I, you, you do have to have an appreciation for those battles that, like, you know, are so crazy you almost can't see anything. And the camera gets a bit crazy, and you're just kind of, like, doing a combo and then, like, dropping another guy in and doing a few moves from the giant and then doing another combo. Like, but you can't see anything. But it's kind of awesome, because then, like, it's a big blue a sparkly explosion, and then, like, you're the only one standing there at the end. Like, it, it kind of reminds me of those games, like, um, I'm not sure how Bayonetta's frame rate is during those, but, like, there are some games where, you know, you're, you're there's so much crazy shit going on that the game slows down. And even though you hate games slowing down, like, there's a few games I've played where it's, like, I've I've made so much craziness happen that the game's chugging. Like, well, that's I, Hyrule I Warriors that. uh, Age of Calamity for me. <laughs> exactly. Like I, I love yeah. that sometimes. And it doesn't chug. This so game's frame rate. Never I know it doesn't chugs. chug, but I, I think it's the same idea, but for visuals instead. It's like there's so much stuff going on. It's like you almost can't see anything. I think it's. I, I love those kind of feelings. It's one of those things where um, it's a little bit like the Last Guardian, uh, where the camera just can't always figure out how to keep the ground level being Bayonetta or Viola's character in in camera view, and then also mm. account for giant enemies. Um, yeah. so just, it does the best job it can and you have to, like, I instantly turned auto camera off where like auto kind of goes behind you as you move and I just took over full control. So there is a lot of like, get, if you're good at it, it's not a big deal. Or like if you're going to fight a giant guy, like just don't get it. If you want to go underneath his, the caterpillar's legs, like get ready for camera fuckery, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> because, uh, like there's points where the camera, like, you know, it gets the, the boss is like right in front of the camera's face. And it's mm-hmm. trying to, like, and the boss, like, kind of becomes invisible, but then, like, pops back in and out. Like, it gets a little bit, a little messy, but, like, when you think about the scale of the action happening, and, like, you know, cars and buses flying around, and you have a giant, and then two seconds later you have another giant, and two seconds later you have another giant, and you're throwing yo-yos and spiders. Like, it's so insane. Like, <laughs> um... Yeah, it sounds awesome. Um, sorry, I have a bunch of questions. How did you find uh, Viola? Did you find a new um, character worthwhile or kind of like whatever? You just want to go back to Bayonetta. So for, she's not. I don't like playing her as much as Bayonetta. It's much more difficult because of her parry. Um, her parry, you have to basically just like kind of hit. The, it's almost like Revengeance, where you have to like hit them what the moment they would have hit you rather than dodge. So oh, yeah, okay. the thinking is so different, and it becomes more. You feel like more of a ninja warrior when you beat a fight, and you can. And when you um, summon your kaiju, you only have one. So I gotta say, so like, she only she only has won the whole game. Yeah, but when she summons uh, hers, you can freely move. Where when some Bayonetta summons a demon, she's stuck dancing to control them. Oh, okay, okay. But I I don't and... know how much you know about the game. But like when you're Bayonetta, you can summon a demon, control them fully while you're dancing, and, you can, and then you, you can queue up, up a few moves, then... let go, and then control. So yeah, there is a way and, to um, do that. Did you ever see the? I don't know if you saw those videos where Viola apparently has like some broken um, like frame chaining, where you can do things where like you or like you can cancel a move and then instantly cast the same move, so you can do like the same move like thirty times in like like within a second. Did you see that mm. video? So pe- no, people but I found this, look like, it up. Yeah, people found this way where like her dodge actually cancels one of her moves, so you can do like the upward spinning move over and over and over and over again, and do like insane amounts of damage instantly. It's really cool. That's cool. I mean, to be honest, Viola almost and when you play as the Gene levels, uh, they almost feel like entire. Well, they do feel like entirely different games. 
So, so that, that brings me to another question I had. So I, I heard there's a lot of eh about the gene levels or, or the, they're very different and out of place, just a different almost genre of game. What are they? Uh, it's kind of like a 2D Metal Gear Solid, um, like go in, going up the elevators, get like game. You know what I mean? Like it's hard to explain. I have you no Metal Gear Solid up the elevators 2D. I don't think so, of Metal Gear Solid is 2D. It's like, well, imagine a 2D. Um, it's, it's really hard to explain. It, it's like a 2D, but you can like sneak okay. up and spy on guys a little bit and like. Okay, and, don't, and, don't ruin it for me. Yeah, yeah. It's not that surprising, but here's the thing: like with gene levels, they're they're like there's a couple of them, but they're so short, like literally minutes long, um, and you can really just blow through them. They're not that hard. Like mm-hmm. that's the thing with Bayonetta is like you can always press down on the analog stick and it'll show you which direction you're supposed to go, like towards the critical path. Yeah, and it's really great because it allows you to like explore everywhere else. And there's yeah, there's no mini map, there's no check mark system. Like it's just explore and find stuff. Um, but, uh, when you're going the critical path, if you wanted to take the critical path and skip the cutscenes, you're going to blow through the levels and just do the verses and do the fighting, the arcade style. Mm. And it's the exact same with the gene levels. Like if you want to explore and find every little thing and like get all the little checklist stuff, that's fine. Um, but when I did them, I, I, I didn't love them. So I kind of just ran to the end. Um, it was, it's like a mini game. That's how I looked at it. Yeah. You know? Okay. So, so that brings me to my next question is, or it's a series of questions so does viola have her own skill tree does gene and do viola and gene can you when you beat the game can you play them in all the bayonetta levels and vice versa or how does that all work uh so it's the levels are kind of tied to the story a bit so no like they they all have their own levels um although spoiler i do you want me to how much spoiler do you want me to get is is it a spoiler if i tell you this answer like Uh, well, as long as you answer the question and only the question, I guess. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't care about spoilers. Um, well, you can basically control all three of them, I think, I think in the gauntlet in another level. Um, but no, they're all tied to their own level. Like, B- Bayonetta's levels have her cutscenes that are tied to, like, when she talks to Viola and Viola goes off and does her level. Like, um, okay, okay. I just didn't so, know if, you know... But Viola I, I think, does you know, have her own cry- skill tree. Because, like, Devil May Cry 5, when you go back, you can actually play it every level as every character. But here's the thing, like, to me, uh, Viola is, like, her own little game. Like, she only has a couple levels, like, maybe four levels. Uh, mm. And it's such a different mind of thinking. Like, it, I don't know. I, there, Yeah, there is a time where, like, when you're playing, if you want to, like, if I'm like, hey, man, sit down, I want to show you this game. And, like, you load it up and you're in the middle of a Viola level. It's like, it's not going to be, you're going to want to just get through it to get to the <laughs> Bayonetta level. Because that's, like, the awesome new kaiju gameplay, you know? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there are times where like I kind of groaned at those things, um, but in the end, you know, in a second playthrough, you can skip them, and it's just more game, right? Like I, if if you just take Bayonetta's levels, there's a full game there. So it, it, there's yeah. it's not like the game feels uh, shorter with them, um, but and also the levels with um, with those characters, like they're very different levels that probably wouldn't account for Bayonetta's uh, Demon Slave, anyways. Mm, gotcha. And, and Bayonetta's and, levels, uh, just so you know, like they they are like ninety five percent. Like I know there's certain areas that you can't use Demon Slave. So when I saw that, I'm like, oh okay, you you only you'll use it in select sections. But no, it's you can really use them like ninety five percent of the game in the level. There's only like cool. hallways and small indoor areas at times that you can't. But it's like it's it's most of the most of her level and most of the time you can just pop them up anywhere. 
like anytime awesome. one one click nice. it's not it's not like you have to like do a dance and then load a cutscene it's like you press a button and they like literally explode out of the ground <laughs> like instantly it's so cool <laughs> that's cool um so i have two kind of questions left my sure. next one is um how is like because you talk with the first level of bayonetta 2 like how batshit crazy off the wall does this game get like you know that game you're fighting like on the side of a falling building clock tower like upside down like does this game ever get crazy like that or is this game a little bit more just the kaijus and and whatever uh i would say this game gets crazier um yeah i mean without getting into too much detail um like i feel like uh with the multiverse stuff uh and just like how quickly you'll go from place to place. Like, you know, the story, again, doesn't really... It's not to be taken too seriously. So you'll just go from place to place. Like, it's not like one level... Like, I feel like in Bayonetta 1 and probably 2, one stage felt like one area. Where in this game, you'll mm-hmm. load up a level and you'll warp between three completely different areas. <laughs> you know? Cool. And there's, a, cool. there's sort of like an area that looked like it was maybe meant to be a hub, but it's not. Because you'll like just load up there a few times in different places. And it's supposed to like be the central area that warps you elsewhere. But it's it's all linear levels. Um, but yeah, it's just cool. Because it like, yeah, it'll be like, it'll load you up in, in sections. And, you know, you'll be in this central area for a bit. And then it'll be this area. And then you'll go back to the central area. And then you'll be this area and a boss. And then that chapter will be over. It's not really cool. like it's it's different structure of level, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. And um, my last question about the story because I heard some people were like, you know, they went back and forth about what the story was and whether it was good or not. I don't want you know spoilers for the end or whatever. I just was curious if you if you thought the story was good or was like there was something clashing about it or if you care about the story at all. Um, okay, so first first thing uh, in terms of the presentation of the story, that's something that bothered me about Bayonetta one and two were that the there was parts of the cutscenes that were done with like that slideshow kind of um style you know what i'm talking yeah. about yeah that really yeah. that always bothers me because it's just clearly budget cuts uh and it's like blatant budget cuts especially when they have other cutscenes that don't do that so i really that always bothered me this game doesn't have that which is great um it does have a style of that but it's always doing it as if it's a flashback so it's kind of more uh, it makes more sense um but just it's hard to explain. Like um, the cutscene direction, I, I feel like is really good, but um, I don't know. The, there's something wrong with the way the cutscenes are rendered, or something. Like they're they're like go- there's like ghosting happening during the cutscenes, hmm. and um, there's a smoothness to Bayonetta two, like that just this game doesn't quite have in terms of that. <laughs> um, but in terms of just the storyline itself, this one had the, is the most fun storyline I had with the Bayonetta game. Um, to me, one and two just make no sense. This one actually kind of makes sense because th- it's pretty simple. You're just going to different multiverses and finding other bayonetas and getting weapons from them. <laughs> like it's pretty basic concept. Cool. Um, and I don't know. It's just fun and silly and like um, I don't know. I, I know there was some like backlash against one specific decision at the end, but to me, it all just rubbed off to me as silly bayonetta story stuff. Like. Mm. Um, but to me, it's less about the seriousness of the lore and the implications on the lore and more about like the presentation, the pacing and like the moment to moment, uh, feeling I have experience, let's call it. That's how I kind of interact with it. Not so much like, Oh, this means that his character is being retconned from this. And especially the cool thing with this one that I will say is that it also, I didn't realize that Bayonetta one and two were like completely different Bayonettas. (laughs) And this one's a completely different Bayonetta. And like, 
it basically, and I, and I guess that was well known, but like the timelines are so much bigger than I thought, and that was really a cool concept. Um, hmm. So and it and it's you know I don't know cool enemy That's designs cool. and uh, really cool character designs. And, and, and I have one more question because I sure. just thought of it. So there was that um, that mode that came out called Naive Angel mode that kind of like lowers the like it censors the game. Mm-hmm. Like I'm assuming you didn't play with it. I was just curious, like how much you know graphic or sexuality or nudity or whatever is in the game like Um, do you think it it needed that censoring mode i think it probably it's good they have it uh, because more options are always better um Mm -hmm. so every time you use the demon slave mechanic man his clothes strip off right okay okay Uh, but she's basically wearing like a g-thong bathing suit you know um yeah there are also cutscenes in the game where she's like fully naked and the camera pans like I swear if you paused it and went through, you'd basically see, like, her breasts, but, like, there'd be no nipple on the polygon. But it's mm. so quick how the costume, like, fades over it. But, like, it goes there. It goes to that place where, like, she's, like, spinning in the cutscene naked and, like, you know. Um, yeah. I so maybe. Um, but the, here's the thing. Like, once uh, you beat the game and start getting unlockables, like, I've bought in so many of the costumes and so I'm always just playing with a different costume and a different variation color of the costume. So, like, once you have the costume, it doesn't do that anymore on the cutscenes. Hmm. Um, impressively, all the cutscenes are in-game. So, like, if you change a costume, like, you'll see that cutscene in the game. And when you do Demon Slave, you'll be dancing in that costume. That's cool. Um, but I gotta say, like, there's this yo-yo weapon in the game. Uh, and it's, like, such a sick weapon. Like, it's its own game in itself, I swear. Like, so it's it's been very hard <laughs> for me to pull away from the yo-yo. Um, and it's also tied to the spider movement, which is so good. And I'm telling you, there's so many other weapons. Like, I almost wish there was a wheel, like a weapon wheel, or you could select three or four to toggle between. Because I'm finding, like, just two is not enough when I always need to have the spider and the yo-yo selected. So, it's like, I have the spider plus one other one, usually. Hmm. Um, It's just, it's a good long-range attack, and it's got wicked combos, and it, like, looks wicked because it has sparks coming out of it. And it's just, um, you'll see, like, everyone online I'm seeing is like, yeah, the yo-yo is the sickest weapon. Yeah, I I saw that too, yeah. That's sick. Uh, It's just really cool. Like, there's a train weapon, and one that's, like, you can summon a building, and dragons, and... You can summon one dragon that, like, uh, you can, multiple dragons, by the way. And one of them, like, can, like, change into, like, all these baby dragons and run around, like, swarming everyone. And, um, uh, it's just, it's freaking awesome. Yeah. That's it's cool. really cool. Nice. It's really, uh, I, I definitely, so, I, I would say it's probably the best character action game ever. Um, I think it'll take some time before it gets the recognition it deserves. Uh, and... I definitely think it'll have like a, a Switch Pro release where it gets a you know 4K or 60 frame upgrade. Um, mm-hmm. I think I told you earlier like there's the smoke effect in the game that is so ugly looking. Like you see the edging polygons of the smoke, and it's it's really bad. It's almost like they wanted to have like a volumetric fog that they just couldn't get rendering on the Switch. Uh, so they I think maybe we'll see like a an upgraded version of this game down the line for Switch Pro. Yeah, I think we will too. Um, and I don't want I honestly don't want to say wait for it because it's it, this game is still like it's not 30 frames. It's like basically 45 50. It feels like 60 most of the time. I didn't think about frame rate the whole game. Um, on our TVs there is moments where you're like, "Oof, if you come from Elden Ring or something that's 4K and you go to this and it's like sub 1080." 720- 
yeah, it's 720 or whatever. And, yeah. and areas where, like, when the motion gets really crazy, like, rather than the frame rate dropping, the resolution drops. And there are times where the resolution drops crazy. Like, it is, it seriously feels like a um, the screenshot Two, of a PS2 game. Like 240p kind of thing. Like, it looks really bad. It looks like, you know where, like, back in the day, like, a PS2 or GameCube, like, a bull shot would be? Like, that looks better than it would, or a Wii? Like, looks better than it actually looks? Yeah. But by today's standards, it still looks awful. Um, that's kind of where these get down to. Uh, <laughs> Got it. So, but I don't think... Of, after a while, I didn't think about it. And on my second playthrough, I'm just kind of like, while I'm exploring everything, I'm actually really impressed by the scale. And as soon as... You know, it's like anything. Like, I, I'm not obsessed about frame rate like some people. Because if the frame rate's not 60, usually it comes at a reason, right? Like the, mm-hmm. like the fidelity of something else. Um... You know, sometimes like that Gotham Knights game, it's just a shame because that really should have been 60 frames. Yeah, I agree. Um, but anyways, yeah, I, I think this game's amazing. I, I really, I think it switches uh, AAA game of the year. Uh, I think it's the best Bayonetta game. I think it's better than 2. Um, wow. Two, 2 is great and very slick, but I, I don't think I would want to go back to 2 without the, the, the Demon Slave summoning. Like, it's so freaking awesome. And like, it, it feels like you're having two fights at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, it yeah, really I'm, does. I'm really stoked to play it. Yeah, it's really, it really honestly is amazing. And and when you play it, trust me, you'll have a weird first impression because you'll be stuck with a few items and or weapons and the few first levels have some more of the graphical issues come up. Um, just, you'll, you'll, try, you'll see, you'll see. Um, okay. Yeah, just awesome. It's probably going to be my runner-up game of the year, I think, to uh, Elden Ring. Elden Ring, yeah. I don't see Splatoon 3. Like, I, I know I love Splatoon 3, but... <clears throat> Bayonetta 3 just like it really does um reinvent the the genre like it really does add this entire like they've they've from astral train to wonderful 101 to um scalebound even it seems like uh platinum games is really trying to take like this single character action game to like juggling characters you know what i mean um Mm -hmm. and just it's really well done um so yeah anyways you said you're gonna like try to try to get it for christmas right yeah, I think it's if I'm gonna ask for a Christmas gift, I think that that's my number one on the list. It's too bad you didn't lose the um, the Metacritic. Uh, if you had won, I mean, I would have bought you it for Christmas or bought you it for the loss. Yeah, I know, but or I would have bought you Harvestella. <laughs> be, be careful with your words, because I might buy you that. Harvestella. Yeah, it's true. Because I want to our listeners. Do we do a Metacritic uh, guess every year poll? Uh, and I think I beat you by some some numbers here. Uh, I mean, it's not over yet, but it, it's you have an insurmountable lead now. I don't think you can win no matter what the scores of the last few games are. That's what insurmountable means. Yeah, I know. So it is it is over. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's over. Uh, Sonic Frontiers was the most recent one where uh, you guessed some eighty one and I guessed to seventy four. Um, the the only so the only way we I could still win is if Sonic Frontiers for Xbox Series X gets an eighty one. And currently, it has two two reviews, and it, they're both sixty. So why? why I thought we decided PS Five version. Nope, Xbox Series X. Why did that? Why, why did you decide that way? I didn't. I didn't decide that. Mike did. Oh, weird. I feel like I feel like the weird thing is like here's the thing: if you go to Metacritic and you and I'm looking right now at the page with Sonic, it's at seventy two. Like those scores, I bet you a number of those reviews are the same exact review for the Xbox version. The Xbox only has two reviews. 
That's what I mean. But I mean, a lot of the reviews get cataloged as a PS5 I, game. I know, but I, and get I'm just written as a PS5 I, game. But really, it's like they'll say, like they'll say the end of a PS5 review or on IGN. The only, this is our Sonic so review, thing, and at the end, they're like, "This was reviewed on a PS5." But really, the, so the only thing is, we, we we have to have a, an agreement on. We all have to agree on a platform because they do make a difference, right? So we have to ha- have an official agreement. And if we're the ones submitting the game, because we're all allowed to submit one game, like we said, we should be able to pick the platform and Mike pick the stupidest platform for it. The Xbox Series X. Yeah. Anyways, let, let's keep going with the podcast instead of just <laughs> spending your time researching. Like, you've um, already won, so... Anyways, so, uh, Sonic Frontiers 72, um, which is funny, it's funny in a way because um, it's worse than I thought. I thought it was going to do better than 74, because it looks good. And now the feedback of the game is that it's really good. Um, people love it. I, I'm like, people love it. It's funny, I, I went on the forums and I've been reading Sonic and god of war because those are the games that have just come out mm-hmm. everyone about and i think it's a little bit because you know the bar was so low for sonic but yeah. everyone's praising it this game's super fun the controls feel good the music's awesome these boss fights are awesome like the open world is really good and then you go to god of war which has you know such a high bar and everyone's like this game's trash like it's just like god of war 2016 it's a ps4 game like just ridiculous so i know it's funny how the know, expectations set up so much people of people's yeah issues. but it just you know i'm We'll talk about God of War in a, in a, you know, a little bit later. The, the truth podcast, is, though, about that, though, is I bet people playing Sonic feel compelled to tell everyone they're loving it. Where with God of War, if you're loving it, you're not even on the reset era. Yeah, <laughs> like you're, you're playing the game. Playing, yeah. Like, yeah, you're so into the game, you don't care. Yeah. Um, we'll I, I talk mean, about God of War in a sec. But but I'm really want i I'm really tempted to get Sonic when you know the price does go down. It, it does look like the best Sonic in a long time. I mean, I, I'm not kidding. I, I was like, I'm just so close to buying it myself on Xbox. Um, mm-hmm. But I would definitely buy physical <laughs> first, one of the yeah, first physical it. games, and then return sell it. Um, but I also don't know. I, it's hard. Like if I wait, um, maybe I'll ask for it for Christmas or something. Or wait like a year and get it for ten dollars. <laughs> well, if I get it for Christmas, it's free. Uh, yeah, or maybe maybe you that. maybe you can buy it for me, and then I can uh, talk about it on our channel. I that could, if you want, honestly, that'll be that could be your game if you want it. I'm. I would happily take that. Yeah, because okay. it looks really fun to me, and I really like just. I want to run around aimlessly in the world, and uh, just. I don't. I don't know why. It seems like a lot of passion is put into this game. Uh, and the first time I saw it, it, looked pretty weak. And but I don't know. Like the more I've seen of it, the it looks fun. It looks like a good Sonic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and the Switch version even looks competent. I mean, I know they scaled back like in the appropriate ways, but it actually looks like it runs like clean thirty. You know. Um, Yes, yeah, so it was interesting. I, I was reading this thing where someone said that the grass, someone got, some guy actually played the game completely for, for two different systems, mm-hmm. and he said the Switch grass looks brighter, like more of a... Um, Vibrant. He's yeah, like cartoon. Mo- more, more of like an anime cartoon. He's like, and stylistically, because it's lower resolution, he's like, it works really well to kind of go with that style almost. Mm-hmm. So it looks a lot better. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, I was half tempted when I heard all that to get it on Switch, just so I could play it handheld, but I'm like, no way. You can't play it not on 60 frames. No, I know. And I want to, like... I, I'm sure there'll be some patches, too, to come um, with the pop-in. The, yeah. pop, the biggest problem I, I have watching is the pop-in is really bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's always something that bothers me. And, and But there's... You usually get over it. There's pop-in in Breath of the Wild. There's pop-in in Bayonetta. There's pop-in in GTA. Um, yeah. But anyways, yeah, you should buy it for me uh, instantly, and we'll talk about it next week. Yeah, okay, deal. Uh, okay, the next game that just came out and got some reviews was Harvestella. 
which is another Switch game that is also on Steam. Um, I don't know. It seems like it has a 69 on Metacritic, but it doesn't seem like it has a lot of reviews yet. Um, it looks good. Like when I see a screenshots from it, it looks like a really good looking. Um, I don't know, PS3 PS3 game. It, it's funny. So I've been you know reading what people think about it, and um, every like multiple people have said this is this is the game that Rune Factory Five should have been. Is what everyone's saying. Hmm. Rune so Factory I, Five I, I looked play, rough. Looked. Rough. I never played a Rune Factory game in my life, but I know that there's a you know that people like those kind of. You know, farming sim, town sim, kind of RPG like games. Yeah, yeah, RPG like games. Rune Factory was is they love those, and you know, for them to say this is what it should have been, this one's really good. People, it, it was funny. I, I read this one post that uh, everyone was agreeing with him. He said that first boss fight has no right to, to be this good in a game like of this genre, and everyone's like totally. So apparently, the first like the boss fights are actually like good RPG boss fights. Interesting. I mean, I'll have to take a look. Like, I don't. I don't. Um, it's it's weird how like not a lot of places re- reviewed it. Um, I guess they didn't get review codes early. Uh, it just seems like they they had a lot of promo in the Nintendo Directs for them to not have a lot of reviews. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I um. Know. But yeah, I, I feel like with these farming RPG games, like they haven't. There's especially 3D ones. Um, no one's nailed it yet. And I feel like someone's going to nail this kind of, like, it feels like all these, uh, they're trying to, these Rune Factories, these um, Harvestellas, like, they're trying to do something with this, like, town mechanic plus RPG traveling, exploring, plus your farming in your home, or Animal Crossing light. But there's going to be a game that just nails all those aspects, and it's going to be huge. And it's not Harvestella, and it's not I think it could be Harvestella 2. That's I honestly think it'll be Harvestella 2. If they get it, if they put more budget into it, and they get the graphics down, and they get the you know, and, and the all that kind of stuff. Um, some of the farming yeah. too looked a little janky when I what I remember in the Nintendo Direct. Mm-hmm. Um, another game that recently came out for I believe Switch, PS4, and Steam is Tactics Ogre Reborn. Uh, has uh, an PS5 as well. PS5, yeah, sorry, yeah. Uh, eighty-seven. Everything but Xbox, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, 87 wow it's pretty high reviews of, um, that's only after 15 critics so it'll probably come down a bit but um, yeah I've been following it pretty closely um, ever since it was announced because I, I was just off of playing um, Triangle Strategy so tell me, like about, that tell me game. you beat you fully completed Triangle Strategy right I beat it, it once but you could redo it and do the different storyline like the different branching paths how would you um, rank it was ha- it better than Octopath completely different genre it's closer to it's closer to like fire emblem or final fantasy tactics it's, okay. it's most like it's it's like um um tactics ogre okay so that's why when tactic ogre was announced i was kind of in that headspace anyways i was kind of not gonna buy it um but you know everyone says that tactic ogre is the best srpg ever or next mm-hmm. to final fantasy tactics advance and the story's the best and all this kind of stuff so it's totally on my radar. Um, again, the reason I, d- I didn't buy it is I, I'm still just kind of fatigued of SRPGs from um, Triangle Strategy. You can only play so many of those games. So they're, they're just kind of slower, methodical kind of games. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I will get that game eventually because I, I really want to experience it. And I do love those that genre. I just uh, I got to wait. But yeah, everyone says it's amazing. Yeah, interesting. Um, 
I mean, the only uh, negatives I've kind of heard about it are maybe the graphics weren't upgraded as much as people hoped. Um, what? I don't know. It's like I still want to see that's it. a classic. It's a cla- Apparently, it's just so it's a it's this is based off the sixty four one, right? Uh, no, that ogre so battle. The, so, so I forget what it started as, but there's an ogre battle game, and then it got remade for the PSP. Okay, this is the PSP version remade again. Mm. Cool. Yeah. Uh, is it? And it, is it full price? Um, I think it's slightly discounted. Like I think Canadian sixty five. Okay. Or something. Yeah. So what do you think? Christmas or later down the line? So again, my my Christmas list. I have a list of about eight games, and depending on my mood slash their Metacritic score is the decision deciding factors. <laughs> True. Okay. No impulse buys. Uh, no. It's it's wild to think um, just the month the Switch has had right <laughs> from Pokemon mm-hmm. since. Uh, I guess Rabbids or or one of those games like just with Persona Five and that and Rabbids like SRPG fans are eating, you know. Yeah. Uh, not that Persona's an SRPG, but RPG fans are eating in general. Uh, okay, now mm-hmm. let's get to the elephants in the room. <laughs> okay. God of War Ragnarok. Um, yeah. Recently came out. It got huge reviews. Ninety four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. A lot of 10 out of 10s. People say it's a great follow-up to the first one. Uh, Derek, why don't you talk a bit about it? Because you played it. You you know more about the discourse. So how's this how's this game being seen? Yeah, so um, I, I got the game yesterday. I installed it last night, played for 15 minutes. Didn't even get to a, fi- a fight scene. I just had to, had to go to bed. Today I woke up early this morning because you said I had to play for like a little bit to talk about it today. So yeah, I woke up like 6 hours. in the yeah, I woke up at like six in the morning, and and I played for about an hour and or ninety minutes today. Um, so I got through the first kind of like cinematic boss fight. Okay. And um, yeah, like I, I really like it. Like the I think what I'm I'm liking about it is I had the difficulty on one of the higher settings, not the highest, but um, and I, I before I started the, any of the fights, I went to the skill tree and looked up all the moves that I could do. And I feel like I'm just getting really good about, you know, methodically, strategically planning what moves and what combos and like doing the right thing and throwing the axe and pulling it up and then jumping forward and slamming the ground. Like, I feel like it when I was playing, you know, the 2018 version or 2016 version, 2018, whenever it came out, mm-hmm. um, I, I had such a low difficulty that I just kind of spammed the same two moves and combos and just kind of like breezed through it and kind of got yeah. stale. Where this game right now already, I'm like, damn, like this is really interesting combat. And I'm having a lot of fun with it. Um, I will say though, like the moment you play it, you notice it as a PS4 game. I'm playing it on PS5. You can just tell it's it's also it's a cross gen game. Like just some of the huh. character models and just some of the, you know, you do notice those kind of sliding through caves and, and moving certain things that are doing the low times. So they didn't cut those out for the PS5 version. No, because they're built into the game, right? Totally, but they didn't. They weren't like, okay, this part where you climb or you wait in an elevator, <laughs> a wooden elevator. So, so now it's shorter on PS Five. You know? It's more like you're sliding through a cave or crawling through a cave for like six seconds. So it's okay. like it's not a big deal, but it's like you do notice those when you go into a new area. It's like you got to slide through rocks to get to a new area. Yeah. Um, but it's really, really good, and, and like it's kind of funny. So I'll, you know, as much as you can see it as like a PS Four game. It's like one of the best looking PS4 games, let's say. Mm-hmm. And I'm playing it at, you know, 90 to 120 frames per second. 
So it just like it just looks so good for how smooth it is. Yeah. So and um, yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with it. I, I have no issues with it at all. But you know, if you go online, there's kind of this this vocal minority. Like I'm sure a lot of people are loving it, like you said, and they're just not talking about it. Yeah. There's this vocal minority that are just like, ah, it's just like you know the 2018 game. It's a <laughs> DLC. It's a DLC. Like they're just complaining about the stupidest stuff, and they're like, they find the combat really stale. Or it's very similar to similar vibes to the other one, yeah. and you know, again, I enjoy it. But if you if you went in not liking the PS4 one or th- thinking the PS4 one was like okay, um, you'll probably feel the same about this one. I didn't love the PS4 game. I thought it was you know great, but it wasn't like the mind blowingness that some people thought it was. But this game already in the first hour feels I- I'm enjoying it more than I remember myself enjoying the other one. And people say the further you get in, like once you kind of get to the open area of this game, it gets way, way, way better. So I'm really stoked to uh, to keep playing. Cool. I mean, if I, I, it looks good to me. And one of the things that I, that interests me about it is it has a w- way more enemies. Uh, my problem with the first one was there was a very, very small enemy count. Like we're talking, yeah. you know, people complain about Breath like of the Wild. Eight. You take, t- yeah, you take one tenth of Breath of the Wild's enemies, and and that's still double what God of War has. Yeah, like. Um, I- <laughs> <laughs> that um so like you know i've only done the first hour and i've already fought maybe you know five or six enemy types which isn't that many but for the first area that like the first hour that's pretty good yeah um i think what probably the thing that's most disappointing about god of war ragnarok for people is that they you know in the back in the day a brand new sequel on a brand new console and a brand new generation would mean something big and exciting and I think it's a mix of the cross-gen world we live in, but also just that game development times take so long, and also that the diminishing returns on visuals. Like, just think about God of War 2 to God of War 3, or Metal Gear Solid 1 to 2. Um, we're not really seeing that massive jump with this one um, that one might hope. But I, I guess that's, I the, also that's, think... the, that's how the game world is these days. And you can also think of the jump between God of War 3 for the PS3 to God of War 2018 for the PS4. It's like that was such a tonal shift. It was mm-hmm. a th- thematic shift. It was a gameplay shift. It was everything that had changed. And, you know, I, I think some people were like in their head, like this next game is going to be just as big of a shift, even though it's the same world, like things are going to be really changed up. And it's just, it's a continuation of that other game. Yeah. I've heard another complaint about the game that it has a lot of walking and talking and cutscene segments. Um, I I haven't really felt that. And again, like I actually like this story. It's interesting. I like the characters, and I I had like I just met. I don't want to spoil. Like I mean, it's the first hours, so whatever. I just met Thor, and I think was Odin, and it just the story is already really cool. I I think the character that's playing Thor looks awesome and sounds awesome. It's just a cool cool kind of scene. It's a really and, well done um, presentation. You can tell. Yeah, just amazingly, amazingly well done. Exactly. Um, yeah, and I saw another another complaint, and people were all a lot of people were talking about this is that it feels like a little bit of a Disney ride, uh, and this is you know as soon as someone said it, it actually stuck in my brain in a way for a lot of games, and I don't know if you can relate to this where, like, let's say you're walking through a town and there's like a lot of townspeople moving around and things happening, and you all of a sudden. Uh, get the sense that like you're really just walking on a guided path and all those people are just doing their thing in that moment 
mm-hmm. versus like a Red Dead Redemption two, where or any G- Rockstar game or Breath of the Wild, where like it's it's all kind of organic. Uh, and some games like hide it better. Like Resident Evil Seven and Eight, I felt like really hide a lot of it. Doesn't feel that staged, uh, even though it really is. Mm-hmm. Um, but people said with, uh, and I, I had a big problem with this with Uncharted Four because by the time Uncharted Four came out, I was kind of I really could see through a lot of that where I'm just like, okay, this is the guided spot, and th- this whole environment's not real, and I'm just seeing it through that window. And um, people said that they really feel that with this game, where they specifically did not feel it with the first God of War 2018. I mean, I, I'm only an hour in, so it's like you're pretty you know shoehorned into the direction you're going mm-hmm. i know what they're saying, kind of saying though it's like you do kind of feel like you know as i said you slide through these rocks you're in this kind of little zone you might do a fight walk somewhere else climb a thing and then like you're in another zone that's clearly like oh here's another fight like whatever it's not like you're kind of like you know it's like there's never a moment at least so far where you're like in a woods and you can like be in the woods it's more mm-hmm. like oh i'm in i'm in a little segment that's like you know there's rocks rock walls all around me and it's like this kind of a hundred foot area, and I'm doing I'm doing something here, and then I'm climbing a wall to get to another hundred foot area. It's never like you're just like I'm in I'm in a a mountain. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's all it's all pathways, right? Like you're like, oh hey, I want to go to you know this giant area, but the only way to get there is through this one crack in this log that I have to get there from. Like there's no other way around. Like even though it's this giant yeah, continent, I have to go through the log crack uh, or warp. Exactly. <laughs> Um, which takes me out of an experience yeah and that's why some open worlds are i I mean i think it's interesting to look at something like uh god of war uh man i wish they just kept the number and this was god of war 5 that would have been cool um yeah god of war ragnarok and just the way that uh god of war was like a really popular character action game or action game and how that's kind of gone in its own direction to be more intimate and more like you know more of a storyline a little slower paced less bombastic where they're Platinum's kind of taken their action games in the opposite direction, probably because they don't crazier. they don't have the talent for like that level of production and motion capture and fidelity for one. But also they've gone the other way to kind of say, well, no, the way to add to the character action genre is to, I think, and they're going to continue this direction is to control multiple people at once or to juggle, uh, like a you know basically a dog and a, a dog walker kind of philosophy, where. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting just to, to compare the two where they've both gone. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's funny how, for me, I, something like Bayonetta 3, which I loved way more than Devil May Cry 5, to me, Bayonetta 3 looks way more fun than God of War does. Um, just just the gameplay looks so much yeah. more fun. <laughs> like, yeah, like, like I actually agree with you. I think Bayonetta 3, like, if I'm in the mood for just, like, craziness... And, and like just like you know pure bliss of 20 minutes of fun i play bayonetta 3 but if i'm in for like you know I, i'm settling in I'm, I'm on for a you know a journey and and to, to experience a world and characters and like really flesh out this kind of tale yeah god of war god of war is like the, the thing and so like you know for me I, i'm in that mood right now to kind of settle in and kind of like know the world know the lore and honestly the combat for me was really fun but you're right. If I'm if I'm trying to like get my face melted from like craziness and just awesome visual, well, and, and just straight of awesome. up straight up gameplay, right? Straight up, and gameplay yeah. that you don't. It's it feels snappy to get into the gameplay. You're into the game. You're into the moment. Your hands are sweating. You're clicking the buttons. Like the actual fluidity and pacing of the gameplay. Uh, but I I mean, 
I, I understand. It's different tastes. Um, totally. I know, but I'm just saying, like, I do find, at least, that, you know, the boss fight I was talking about in, in the, the first hour that I played, you know, it is really awesome and intense. And, like, I am thinking about my moves and doing some really cool stuff and, and whatever. Um, it isn't as fast-paced and crazy, but I still, I wouldn't say it's not fluid and I wouldn't say it's, like, monotonous or boring. Like, I, True, I think it's yeah. really, really awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, probably if I get a PS5 down the line, I, I'll, I'll grab God of War Ragnarok uh skip beating 2018 and just go for the go for the improved sequel yeah totally i i do think though just speaking of the you know these these games like you know devil may cry and these two two games uh even ninja gaiden like it's a rare i don't know is it hard it must be hard to make action games but it seems like it's they're a rare breed where final we're like rpgs and strategy rpgs and fps games are a dime a dozen uh it's like must be trickier to make a competent action game and there is there is really only so few of them you know Mm -hmm. um and i just i i don't know i love the i love action games and i'm curious what the future is and i i do wonder if the natural evolution for something like bayonetta or uh god of war is to be open world because i tell you bayonetta 3 really teases that idea in a lot of spaces but it's kind of like you know it's not quite all the way open world obviously but there's big spaces and Mm. it seems like with this complaint about god of wars you know it's such a beautiful game obviously but i think the main problem is it's very canned like you're like oh it's beautiful this cave but like this is not a cave that you find in the world like organically it's the path that i'm on yeah. Uh, so it's beautiful in a way, but it's also to go to that next. And I'm sure PS5 can handle God of War level graphics in a more open setting, where there's you you can get to that continent not just from going through the crack in the log loading time, but also like just running through the woods, you know, and really well, opening it up. I mean, I think a good example is um, I I know it's a crush in title two, but you know, when I was playing Forbidden West, at the very end when you get the ability to fly. It's kind of like, damn, like you can like you can literally fly in this huge open world and it looks awesome while you do it where, you know, if we go to God of War, like, you know, I talked about when we I played Breath of the Wild versus the first Horizon. You know, I, I often use the word for Horizon. You feel very static and very stuck to the ground and very like kind of yeah. cemented where this game, you know, I, I get I, I feel that again. And again, not that it's bad, but it's like now that I've kind of moved away where you know, Elden Ring kind of has this huge world that just kind of has this, you know, beautiful architecture upon architecture upon layers yeah. and upon layers. And Breath of the Wild, you have this climbing, and now Horizon, you have this flying. It's like, I, again, I don't know what this game's going to bring, but I, I worry that it's just going to be, you're just very grounded and very, like a Disney ride, like you said, just that you're just stuck in, t- in the moment. You mean if God of War became open world, or are you talking about the rest no, of I Ragnarok? Just mean, I, I just mean the rest, rest of Ragnarok. I think it's just going to be a very cemented game. Not that it's a bad thing, but it's like you 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 do actually feel that after playing games where you feel freedom. Like I think Breath of the Wild really kind of cracked that open, where yeah. you had the, the first game where you're like, damn, like I can literally climb anything and get to the the end dungeon or any the desert early or do this kind of crazy stuff over here. Where, you know, games weren't really like that. So now every game that's kind of like these narrative-driven RPGs or ARPGs or whatever, you you really do feel that moment of like, damn, like this really isn't a world I'm exploring. It's more of like a, a story that I'm following. Yeah. And I mean, Resident Evil is definitely... I mean, it's almost... Resident Evil's almost always been like that, if you think about mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, it's true. It's it's interesting. I guess it's just different uh, game philosophies, really, right? Um, yeah, it's just different. Like, for, yeah, like because for something like God of War, where you just feel very grounded, I'm sure the the fighting one enemy feels very weight weighty and uh, meaty. You know what I mean? And crunchy. Like you're right mm-hmm. in there, and like your your button that you're pressing, you feel you almost feel the weight of pressing a button while you swing because the animation's longer. Where in Bayonetta or something like you, you maybe don't feel grounded. And you have this freedom of ju- like just jumping in the air, becoming a spider, climbing a wall, at the cost of jankier pr- production value uh, and things like that. So you miss some of that weightiness, um, but it's just different design philosophies. Or, or um, you know, even even something like Zelda Breath of the Wild, like the combat feels great, but it feels pretty light. Like you can just kind of mm-hmm. whack a guy. He's kind of there's not. It's not like something where you're cutting his arm off or you're shooting his leg down or you're, uh, you know, the guy's filling the screen coming at you with an axe. Like, you're, you're, the camera's pulled back and it's a whole different design philosophy, right? Yeah, um, like, the, the one cool thing about God of War, Ragnarok, at least, again, in the first hour, it's like, like you said, like, there's weight. It's like, I really, you really do feel like you're just, like, you feel it. Like, you're so strong and you're just, like, overpowering and, you're like, brutalizing these guys or, like, you know in this boss fight it's like you feel like you're fighting someone that's immensely strong and you're immensely strong too and it's not just the cinematics like it's just the weight of how you're you're swinging your weapons that you know if you play bayonetta it's like you're fighting a giant demon but you're just like whipping around like your attacks go right through them like it doesn't feel like you're hitting something big where god of war like you know you're right it slows the game down and it's a very different genre but um, or a different feel, but I like that idea of like you know you feel like you're just this overpowering badass. Yeah, that's like a power fantasy. Yeah, um, where I think that that uh, similar feeling is in Bayonetta is almost like you're some sort of anime lo- god. <laughs> you know, what I'm like, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, it's funny because when I think about these two games, uh, and I think about Devil May Cry Five, it's like, what does Devil May Cry Five offer again? Uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know the answer. I really, I like really feel Cry like it, I, I know it's you so but... disappointing. Like, um, I liked it, and I, I guess, I guess my problem going back to like, the, you know, thinking about character action games is Devil May Cry. The the combat or the, the you feel kind of stuck to the ground too. Like I don't feel like it was that fluid and I don't know too guided to too linear of levels. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm glad these action games have a life. Um, yeah, me too. Uh, and it's and it's funny to me when we think about something like uh, Bayonetta versus God of War and um, the gameplay. Like, what what do you want? Like, do you want to have brand new bombastic gameplay at the sacrifice of graphics, or do you want to have better graphics at the sacrifice of gameplay? <laughs> I'm just kidding. yeah. I, I, I think it's, really I think it's my gameplay. I think it's my mood. Honestly, I think you know I I. And I think you, like, I think most avid gamers like to kind of change their genres and what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm stoked to play Bayonetta and just be like, this is insane. What the hell? This is crazy. Yeah. I want to I wanna have those moments. But I also like the God of War. I'm like, damn, like, this is this is epic. Like, there's a, there's a song that's like, duh, duh, dum. And, like, you yeah. just feel like, you just feel like, damn, this is, this is going to be a wicked moment coming up. Yeah, I need, a, I need a game like that that's, like, cinematic. And, I mean, I've been playing too many gaming games. Mm-hmm. Um, that's Nintendo for you. 
I, yeah, I know exactly. Like that that's the thing even something like you know Bayonetta I for some reason I thought when um they announced number 3 and they said it was going to kind of change things that they were going to try to copy God of War 2018 and be like an over the shoulder more intimate single battle type of system. And I mm. thought that would have been kind of cool, but um no, it's just got that kind of arcade gamey Sega feeling and I love it. I love it for that. So, um, yeah. But anyways, Derek, what's what's uh what else have you been playing? So that and the other game I've been playing a lot of um, is Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Okay, and nice. So I got that with my, with my brother-in-law and my, um, my buddy, and lots and lots of fun. I have no issues with it. It's like my first Call of Duty since, I think, actually the Modern Warfare 2 on the PS3. And yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with it. You know, it's one of those games you can kind of just pick up and play for a bit, and it's a lot more fun with friends. Um, I'm not very good at it. I'm not very good at these kind of twitch shooters where you have like one hit and you're dead. Yeah. Um, but I have my moments where like you know I'll get a kill streak, and um, I don't have a lot of multiplayer games I play, so it's kind of nice to have one that I and I I, I made the smart choice of not getting it physical, which is rare for me. Oh, that's because I was like. Yeah, well, I read about how the disc actually doesn't have the game on it. It's just, the disc literally just gives you a free like download code to the to oh. the game, basically. So I got it digitally, and it's just nice to be able to like you know. Last night, God of War was installing, and I was like, oh, I'll just like start playing um, Call of Duty. And my buddy like signed on. He's like, oh, I'm free too. So we just played Call of Duty for an hour, and I actually that's why I didn't get to play God of War last night because we just ended up playing Call of Duty. What? and kept okay. playing okay cool. i have a question for you uh have you done the yep. campaign or has it just been multiplayer deathmatch um i haven't touched the campaign i tried the co-op missions a bit which were meh and so it's mainly the multiplayer but it's not just deathmatch there's a bunch of different modes okay yeah of course yep. zombies and everything like that no um, zo- zombies is not in this game it's like oh. um it's like king of the hill or like search and destroy Oh, okay. Like you, did you ever play? Did you ever play Counter Strike? Like that? Yeah. Like the main mode. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, cool. And and also, how's the graphics? Like, are they really great on PS Five? Like, I mean, they're they're about in line what you'd expect to be as like a current gen Call of Duty game. Like, I, I bet you if you look go to the most recent Call of Duty game last year, the year before, whatever, it looks pretty dang similar. It's like kind of like saying like, oh, is NHL twenty three a lot better than NHL twenty two? It's like. Well, I I guess it's better, but it True. probably actually looks pretty much the same. But I mean, as far call it, I mean, it's pretty standard, and, and I mean, it was all. It's also on PS4, right? It's not like just a current gen, right? Yeah, yeah, my my yeah, exactly. One of my friends has it on PS4. Yeah, like it looks really good. So it's not like, but it's not, it's not like face melting. Is there crossplay? Yeah, crossplay. Yeah, yeah. With I play Xbox? with my buddy all the time. With Xbox. Yep, 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 yep. Oh, cool! Wow. Yeah um what, and that, that honestly those those are the two games i've been playing um splatoon once in a while but not honestly not really since call of duty came out and i'm looking forward to playing this vampire survivors game that just i think came out today on uh game pass mm-hmm. so i'm willing to give that a try but that's really it just gonna play god of war how about you uh really just being out of three i play a little bit of splatoon but um mostly just trying to finish the single player of splatoon three are you gonna try um, to beat elden ring now that it got patched uh yeah the patch we talked about yeah i, I am getting, probably yeah. gonna spend december over the winter really jumping back into that um yeah before we do our game of the year in january um but the next oh, game yeah. i'm gonna get is definitely unless i mean unless you get sonic comes in time is uh somerville 
Oh yeah, it comes in like a week, right? Five comes days. Comes in four days, uh, five days. Yeah, on Game Pass. So that that looks really awesome, and I'm, I have high hopes for that. Um, nice. They're being weirdly quiet about it. Um, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. That's pretty much it for me in the games this year, though. I mean, uh, probably. I don't. I mean, I always say that, but probably I don't know what else I'll really get. I tried primary. Yeah, for, in December. for me, it's. For me, it's like basically Bayonetta 3 for Christmas, and then I, I'm curious about how Evil West and Callisto Protocol will do. Yeah, same. And then, you know, next year, honestly, it's just because next year there's so many awesome games coming out in the first four months that I I just don't need anything else coming out this year. All, a lot of delays will happen. Just wait. Um, <laughs> they just, we'll, they we'll will. See. I, I don't know. They ever say if, that? Every year. Every year they say it. I don't think, I, the first four months are pretty set in stone, I think. Well, last year's uh, first four months were really great too, right? It was like Pokemon, Kirby, Elden Ring. Uh, I know. I'm just, I'm just sort of like, you, you got Dead Space, you got Octopath Traveler two, Resident Evil four remake, and Legend of Zelda's in May. Yeah. It's yeah, huge. I'm pretty stoked. Plus yeah. Kirby Return to Dreamland remake. Uh, <laughs> I'm just for, yeah, for, I'm Forspoken too. <laughs> yeah, Forspoken. Honestly, the next game that I'm actually gonna buy is Resident Evil. Maybe Dead Space or Resident Evil Remake, and then Zelda. That's my plan. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty similar to that. I'm gonna get Octopath Traveler two for sure though. Yeah, probably. I don't. I don't think so. I mean, I'm hoping a Metroid Prime Remake gets announced, but I can't. <laughs> we'll see. I really think that has a chance of being announced at the um, Game Awards for like a February release. Mm, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, okay, Derek. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Uh <laughs> That's it. Any of the games you want? You've been dreaming about? No. No. Uh, cool. Well, I guess this has been another chat. Derek, thanks for coming to the Nintendo Bros podcast. Yeah. This is Derek. See you later. This is Peter signing out.